This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 32, Distraction-Free Living. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for goal-getting, fear-facing women who are kicking ass by creating change. I'm your host, Lindsay Preston. I'm a wife, mom of two, and a multi-certified life coach to women all over the world. I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me as I challenge you to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you are meant to be. Let's do this. there, Miss Unstoppable. Welcome back to the show. At this point, it's March as this episode's going live. Holy moly. How are your goals going for the year? Hopefully, fingers crossed, you are not wanting to give up. I saw a stat recently of something like 80% of people give up on their goals by mid-February, and that blows my mind. We do not need to be giving up our goals, especially that early in the year. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of time to get in the way of living of that new way of being you want to be or creating new habits. And there's just no reason to give up that soon on any kind of goal. Every day could be January 1st for you. So please, please don't give up on your goals. But We are going to talk about something today if you do feel like giving up or just feeling like you don't have enough time or energy to go after your goals because I hear that from a lot of women that they're so busy that they just can't see how to fit in these new things that they want to go after and it's very quickly most times we can break it down and see actually you have these pockets of time that you're spending on things that I call distractions. So distractions are things you're doing but you don't want to be doing them. So a big distraction right now in our society is technology and especially our phones and being on social media and just scrolling and scrolling and watching Instagram stories and all that fun stuff. And all of a sudden an hour has passed or 30 minutes or even 15 minutes. And you're thinking, man, I could have used that time a little bit differently. So today I want to really explain what distractions are and then kind of show you how they may be seeping in without you realizing it, how to overcome them, what it's costing you to live with distractions, and then two, paint a picture of what distraction-free living looks like because it's a pretty amazing place and you can get there easier than you think. So that's what we have in store for today. And I can't wait to share it with you because I really struggled on what to talk about for this podcast episode. I had many different ideas of where I wanted to go. And for whatever reason, I just kept hearing talk about distractions, talk about distractions. And I think a big reason of that is I'm working with some clients right now who they found me from a productivity bundle that I was a part of last year. So they got all these little like mini courses and eBooks and things of that sort to help them be more productive. And my Breaking Barriers five-day challenge course was in that bundle. And so some of them took that course, so they just got my information through that course, and then they've ended up working with me throughout the past few months. And so they came to me and, and one of the big goals was, I'm just not productive. I'm not getting what I want out of life. And 
I have this feeling that it's some mindset stuff. And so we were able to work through those things. And now it's just been such a joy to see how they are all so massively productive in their lives and getting what they want. And if you're out there and you're feeling that way of, gosh, I just can't squeeze in my goals and my dreams. It just feels too hard right now. or I can't even do some basic things in life that I know I want to be doing. Then this episode is for you because Everybody has pockets of time to go after what they want, no matter how busy they are. It's just when you sit down and realize, whew, okay, I'm doing some things that are distractions, then you're able to see where you can put in more productive things, all right? So let's first break down what a distraction is. I said earlier, it's those things you're doing that you don't wanna be doing, but Webster defines it as it's a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. So if that something else in our life is a goal or a dream or a relationship or whatever, just something you're wanting to work toward that you're not getting, that's that something else. And so something is preventing you from getting there. And what I'm doing with my clients as we work through my Become an Unstoppable Woman course is they're testing their distractions. Distractions are actually one of the biggest top three blocks that are stopping us from getting what we want in life. The other two are things called bullet holes. And if you've listened to the show a lot, you've heard me reference this, but bullet holes are basically things that have happened in our past, typically from a negative experience, and our brain has wired this belief around it. So those are things that we're kind of holding onto in our subconscious or unconscious mind. And it's just make us not be the person we want to be, feel the way we want to feel, do the things we want to do. And then the second one is buried emotions. So typically those come off of bullet holes of these feelings of those negative things that have happened to us and we haven't learned how to release the feelings of that. And then the third is distractions. And these all are kind of a trifecta of sorts. They're all playing off one another. And so what happens is we have those bullet holes from those memories of our past and those emotions from our past. And what happens is because we're not, we haven't learned how to release those emotions yet and to look at our bullet holes because we have to bring that to that conscious mind, we have distractions to kind of fill in the gap and make us do things of, you know, scroll our phone, I keep mentioning, or eat or go shop or fall in love with somebody so we don't have to think about ourselves or caretake in more ways than we know is healthy. Because again, that is a way our brain has learned, ooh, if I go do this, it actually feels really good for a short amount of time to go and love on something or go and shop or eat or whatever. And then I don't have to deal with my feelings and my emotions and I don't have to think about those things from my past that maybe you're still not even consciously aware that you're thinking of, but they're there and they're making you feel kind of cruddy when you sit down and you're alone with yourself at times. And so what happens is we just start doing these things in life we don't really want to be doing. As I mentioned, things like shopping, overeating, drinking too much, gossiping even, being on our phones, so on and so forth. Um, And then all of a sudden it's like we are a victim to our lives. We have credit card debt because we shop too much. We're overweight. We spend too much money on alcohol or we're just kind of lazy. We sit and scroll Netflix all day or on social media all day. And we just kind of feel like, man, I really want to go after these things in my life or feel more connected to myself or to others. And it's just not happening. And I don't know how to get there. 
And again, it goes back to distractions. We've got to learn how to find those and start to cut those out. Now, of course, this is, again, part of a trifecta, going in and looking at your bolt holes and releasing those repressed or buried emotions will help so much, but you just cutting distractions too is going to help a lot. So I want to give you some quick wins today for you to start to cut those to see wow, I really am in a lot more control in my life than I ever gave myself credit for. And there really are pockets of time for me to go out and follow my goals and dreams. Because I saw a stat somewhere recently that around this time of the year, so mid-February-ish or late February, 80% of people have given up on their New Year's resolutions already for the year. And that kills me. That does not need to happen at all. Our dreams and goals can absolutely be attainable. Sometimes we just need a little bit of help to get there. And part of that is that we don't know about these three things I mentioned that are holding us back, like buried emotions, our bullet holes, and distractions. We think there's just something wrong with us or that, you know, we're just like our victim to our lives and, oh, it's because our job is so busy or it's because our kids or our husband or our partner, whatever. And again, just totally not true. Once we know that these are the things that are holding us back from getting what we want, that's when we become really unstoppable and productive and we feel great. We become the person we want to be. Oh, it's just so amazing. Okay, so again, distractions are the things we're not wanting to do but doing them anyway. And then Webster defines it as a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. And that something else are those goals and dreams we want to go after. Now, I mentioned a list of some of the distractions that I test my clients for in my Become an Unstoppable Woman course, but I do want to give you kind of a full list of what those distractions are, and your distractions may not even be on this list. I have some clients sometimes that say, hey, I pulled this and this from this list, but here's something else that I know is a distraction for me. So I mentioned gossip earlier, but gossip is definitely a distraction, especially for a lot of women. And I think we can all think about those women who every time we get around them, it's almost like they're craving to know the dirt, right? They want to know more about a person. So they love to talk about people. They love to criticize others. Even if they come across as a really nice, pleasant person, I'm here in Texas in the South, and a lot of women here have this kind of great exterior of, hey, girl, how's it going? Hey, y'all. Oh, I miss you so much. The second you turn around, they're talking crap behind your back. It's very common. So yeah, they're just the people that love to talk about other people. Um, they sometimes are just easily kind of driven to finding fault in others so that they can gossip about it. They like to analyze people regularly of like, well, why do you think she's doing that? Or why do you think he's doing that? Um, they have trouble even stopping talking about other people. They may have been caught in embarrassing situations where their mouth has run off on them um, and they're drawn to other people who like to gossip. So gossip actually used to be a very big distraction for me. I was a big gossiper in college. I was in a position in my sorority where I was looked at as somebody who was a leader and who was really kind of being molded in a way to being president. I was actually a, a vice president at a very young age in there. And I just completely self-sabotaged by gossiping about so many of the members and it all came and bit me in the booty. So bad, in fact, that I had to drop my sorority. So I definitely know what it feels like to be addicted to gossip. And the reason why I was, was because I was so tired of the critic in my own head beating me up that it felt good to go and talk about other people. 
And um, I grew up in a family where I would come home from school and my mom would be like, tell me the juice from the day. Tell me what's going on. And we would sit there and kind of analyze it and talk about other people. And that was a way I connected with my mom. And so, um, yeah, this was a big one for me. And when I went through coaching and I realized, hey, this is a distraction and it's something you don't have to continue doing in your life because I just thought that's how women related to other women, to be honest. It was so uncomfortable for me at first to break that habit because, of course, I had manifested that in my life. I had a working space where everyone gossiped and friendships where people gossiped. But little by little, I started to just walk out of those situations or not contribute to those situations or just catch myself and just say, "Mm, I think I've taken this too far. And I still have to do this in some ways. I have a daughter who's in a private school that's very small and we have mom's night outs. And every once in a while, the conversation will turn that way of talking about somebody or something. And I'll start contributing of in a certain way. And then I'll catch myself and say, whoa, I'm going down a path I don't need to go down. And I'll just stop and kind of found my way out of it. So this one can be a really hard one to break, but I will tell you, it is so worth it. Gossiping about other people's feels like crap at the end of the day, doesn't it? Gosh, I would always feel so bad after I said something about someone. Um, And it's not a way to relate to other people at all. You'll start to cultivate new, better relationships when you're not gossiping about others that will feel so much better better and you'll be able to talk about ideas and about things. I think it was a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt that said something like small minds talk about people and big minds talk about ideas. And that's something that stuck with me of anytime I'm finding myself just talking about people, I'm getting into a very small minded place. And you are too. You don't want to be that person, right? And remember, don't beat yourself up too much about this. We all have our distractions of choice. Gossip has just been yours for some reason. Now, another one I test my clients for is food and eating, and this one is very obvious most times to people because they've either struggled with their weight, some of my clients have even had an eating disorder at some time, of course, they've gotten treatment for that before they start working with me, Um, but they know that that is something that's hard for them. They may binge eat at times, they um, eat when they're upset, they may use food to make them feel better. They may eat a lot of junk food. The food is very important to them of, oh my gosh, we have to eat this certain restaurant so I can eat this certain thing and all that stuff. You know, sometimes we call these people foodies and there is a great healthy balance to have with that. But when it's becoming obsessive of, oh my gosh, I have to go to these places and eat these things and just overly cherishing food, especially over our relationships. I've seen that with people of, They'll kind of step over their relationships in order to get a certain food at a certain time, or they'll hide what they're eating. I dated someone once who was always going to the gym and always working out, and then I would get in his car and I would see like fast food wrappers that had happened after the gym. And I would have to confront him and say, what's going on here? Um, so just some binge eating that was going on. So a lot of times food and eating, people know that that's something for them, so it's not as um, a shock to them. But knowing that this is a distraction for you and you're just using this to avoid your emotions can be very relieving for a lot of people because then they know, oh, I can heal this by just working on my mindset and dealing with my emotions. And it's not as complicated as maybe some people have told me it is or that there's something deeply wrong with me. The reality is, is that's just been your distraction, again, to deal with your emotions. 
Now, another distraction I test my clients for is work and housework. So for a lot of people with this distraction, work is the most important thing in their lives. They work more than 40 hours a week at times. They don't really take vacations that much. They become annoyed with people who are unwilling to sacrifice. They um, sometimes disappoint their family or their friends by working too much. They just work more than they really want to. They expect themselves. They feel exhausted a lot of times. Again, this one for a lot of people isn't a shock, especially for women, because it's not really in our society as stereotypical for a woman to overwork. It is very much for a man. And so for a man, if they're coming at this and they're looking at their distractions and I would test them and then they would say, well, work is one of your distractions, some men can get very defensive about that and say, well, that's just how I provide for my family or, um, you know, that's just the way it is. And because it's such a part of their way of being in, a, in our culture for men to just work, 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 right? But for women, it's, oh my gosh, I've known it this whole time and people have kind of told me and I've even had guilt about it and I can't stop. I don't know how how to stop it just feels so good to achieve. Um, and I'm raising my hand here because work was a former distraction for me. I worked a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot in my past lives. Um, and I just really loved that feeling of that achievement and going after those things. And um, when things would get really quiet and I wasn't working and I was kind of sitting alone or just taking time off, I would get anxious and then I would start thinking about things from my past or even in my present that I knew wasn't right, but I didn't really want to deal with it. And so work was just a great outlet for me to feel good and not have to think about the things that didn't feel good. Now, another distraction I test my client for is sex. And to be honest, I don't think I've had a client to date that I can think of that tested high on this. This is definitely one for men that can be higher. So these are just people that are having sex with the wrong people. They're making promises to themselves with their sexual behavior and not keeping it. So like saying, oh, I'm not going to have sex with anybody or I'm not going to go out and have sex with this person, but they're doing it anyway. They may have more than one sexual partner at a time. They have sex to get away from their problems. I have to feel as though I've earned sex. They may not practice safe sex. They may have sex in inappropriate places. They may be thinking about sex more than twice a day. Yes, even more than twice a day. Um, so there are a couple of people that come to mind, though, that I do know in my circle who I could see having sex as a distraction just because they're kind of throwing it in people's faces a lot of their sexuality and talking about sex and all that stuff, which, again, there's nothing wrong with being sexually um, awakened, but it comes to a point where are you doing this and you're not wanting to do that? Keep that definition of a distraction in your mind, right? Of is this going too far? Is this something I'm not really wanting to think about or do, but I'm just doing it anyway? That's where it's gone into an unhealthy balance. Now, another distraction that does come up for a lot of women is love. So the you may have love as a distraction if you're feeling incomplete without a significant other in your life. You may feel a high when you're in a romantic encounter with somebody, especially in those early dating months, and you feel kind of addicted to that cycle. You establish instant intimacy with somebody. You quickly pour out your life history to somebody. You kind of just, again, you feel this instant sexual attraction to people and you love the high of that feeling. And you feel like you can save a partner sometimes in a love relationship. And sometimes even the relationship is central to your identity. 
and you can lose your boundaries in that relationship. So a lot of women I coach, as I said, have love highs a distraction. Raising my hand on this one too, love was definitely a distraction for me and not just with men either. It was like with friendships. It was even with animals. There was a period of time in college when I went from having zero cats to having four cats in just a few months. And that was a period of time when I was making not such great decisions and I didn't really want to deal with the emotions of that. I just wanted to go and get a new kitty. (laughs) And finally, my mom stepped in and said, Lindsay, you've got to stop. This is getting ridiculous. Of course, not dealing with any of the emotional issues of it, but just putting boundaries on me of I can't go get another cat. Um, So, of course, that was an extreme, right? But so many of us are just kind of pouring ourselves into our relationships, and that's great. And we want to, of course, be um, in spaces where we're connected to others and we love others. But again, use that distraction definition. Are you doing these things and you're not really wanting to do them, but you're doing them anyway? Okay, that's when it gets to an unhealthy balance. Now, the next one that I want to talk about distraction-wise is caretaking, and this is another one that comes up for a lot of women. They just feel good to have people dependent on them. They prefer that their children rely on them rather than themselves. They think a lot about how others need to change. They love being responsible for people, especially the people they love, but they can be judgmental and critical of others very easily, and they love to think of solutions to other people's problems, and they're not willing to let loved ones learn their own life lessons sometimes, and even helping others gives them a high. Again, some great qualities there. I love helping others. It does give me a high to help others. It does make me feel good to be responsible for my loved ones. But I keep going back to that distraction definition. I know I sound like a broken record. Are you doing these things and you're not wanting to do them but doing them anyway? I encounter so many women who are resentful at the end of the day of all the stuff they're doing. And they just feel anxious and overwhelmed because of everything that is on their plate. And then they don't know how to stop. They know they're people pleasing, but they don't know how to get out of the cycle of just doing, 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 doing. And then the other distraction I want to touch on is money, debt, and spending. So these are the people who are going out and they're shopping. They get a high when shopping. They're using money to escape their feelings. They're living typically from paycheck to paycheck. They charge more than what they can pay off. Sometimes they wait until the last minute to pay things. They may have little savings. Um, They're frequently short of cash. They may even borrow money. And so if you're in that cycle, and sometimes people really push me back on this one of, well, I just don't make enough money or, you know, I didn't go to college. I can't make enough money. And And then at the end of the day, we're looking at their finances and really breaking it down. And they do make more than enough money. They're just caught in this this cycle of spying and spending to escape their feelings. And then a couple others I just want to touch on real quickly. Um, Another distraction is staying busy. So these are the people that are obviously just always in motion. They're filling up every moment. They don't like to be bored. They're keeping a very full social schedule. They may even brag how busy they are. They rarely have a night alone. Um, And then another one is mood-altering substances. So this can be alcohol or drugs even. They use a substance to mellow themselves out. I get a lot of people now who are smoking weed because in certain parts of the states, it's um, accepted to do that. And again, there's nothing wrong if you want to do that on occasion. But when I'm hearing from people, oh, I'm doing that every night to unwind, 
that is a big red flag of, okay, you're using this substance to help you distract yourself from your feelings. It's time for you to kind of dig deeper and deal with those feelings, be it with me in coaching or maybe in counseling, just kind of depends on where you're at. And then drama is another big one. There are a lot of people who are addicted to exciting things. They're going and watching those thriller movies. I can see some of this in my daughter. She's always like, what's going on? Where can I see it? What da, 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 da. Um, and her dad is definitely like that. He's addicted to drama. And some people, they can be so addicted to drama that they're creating drama in their lives just to keep it going because they love the thrill of that and kind of escaping that. Makes sense with him, right? He had the whole double life, right? So um, obviously the last one I want to touch on here is technology. Almost every single person that I coach these days is addicted to technology. It's just the way that the world is unfortunately at right now. So they're just spending hours a day on a technical device when they don't want to or have to. They're constantly looking at a device throughout the day. They find that they are just always wondering, where's my device at? Can I find it? I don't know. They're feeling drained then more than they're energized from that device. And they're just kind of aimlessly searching on devices. So those are just some of the distractions I have my clients get tested on. And I kind of just touch on some of the points on each one. For a lot of clients, I hear uh, overthinking is a distraction for them. So they're just thinking about the same thing over and over and over again, thinking about how it could have been different for them, thinking about conversations that could be different. Um, and so that's obviously a way for them to kind of just focus in on something else versus like a bigger thing in their lives that have happened to them that they really need to deal with. All right, so that's what distractions are and some examples of some distractions. Hopefully some are sticking out to you that could be potential distractions for you. Just know I test my clients deeper on this if you take my Become an Unstoppable Woman course with me. But again, hopefully you're starting to get an idea what yours could be. Now, what are these distractions costing you? Obviously, they're costing you time, energy, money, quality of life, quality of relationships, going after your goals and dreams. I mean, really the whole shebang at the end of the day, right? All the things that we want in life is what it's costing us. I can't tell you how many clients I have that come to me. They don't even have a shopping distraction when we test it. But at the end of us working together, they're saying, oh my gosh, I have saved so much money over the past few months because I just don't feel triggered to buy anything impulsively anymore. I've lost weight because again, they've cut that distraction of overeating and so on and so forth. So the benefits of coaching can be vast, my friend, very, very vast. Um, I know I'm a bi- I have a biased opinion because I'm a coach, but even in my own life, I've seen, you know, I, I experience people who just shop on a whim and I just think, gosh, you're wasting so much money. And I used to be there. I used to do those things. And I just have so much self-control now to not do that. And really remember at the end of the day, the reason why you're turning to a distraction is because you're wanting to avoid an emotion. You don't want to feel that. So that's why, again, it's so important for you to deal with your emotions. Is it going to be uncomfortable to deal with those things? Absolutely. But it's a temporary feeling. And once you finally learn how to release those emotions and heal them, because these are things we're not taught in school, then you don't have to deal with it anymore. You don't have to constantly push it down and think, oh, this is just a part of me. It's not. You just don't know how to release it yet. So reach out to me if you want to know how to do this and how to fully live a distraction-free life. Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash assessment is always the first place to start. You just take a free assessment 
where you answer a couple questions about your life now, what you're looking for, and it will kind of generate a result for you if we're a good fit or not. If we are, you'll get access to my calendar to book a free discovery call so we can talk and learn more about your life now and where you want to go. So a little pitch there. But let's kind of go back to distractions. Again, we talked about what they are, what it's costing you. So what does distraction-free living look like? What does it look like when you're pretty in control of your day and how your day is spent? You're not kind of doing these things you don't want to do, right? Well, you get a lot done, a lot done. It almost feels like you are in control of time in some ways. Um, There's some theories out there, and I forget the name of it. I want to call it like Newton time or something where it just feels like you're kind of morphing with time in that way because you're just living at a whole new level. You're in control of pretty much almost everything that's going on in your day. Of course, we can't control external things. Like you get in your car, you can't necessarily control if somebody hits you or not or whatever, but you're very much in control of yourself. And because you're so in control of yourself and your emotions, anything external that happens to you just is kind of a blip on the radar most times. Now, of course, there's bigger things that come up from time to time. But again, you know how to process your emotions. You process those however long it takes. And you just kind of move on. You don't just sit there and numb yourself out with these distractions. So, you know, I mentioned... um, I'm kind of in this distraction-free living place. Of course, I still have to manage my phone from time to time. But anytime I'm starting to go to that place where I'm scrolling my phone too much, I'll ask myself, am I really wanting to do this right now? And if the answer is no, and I'll think, well, why am I doing it anyway? Then I start asking myself questions of what is it that I'm avoiding? What is it that I'm trying to numb out and not feel at this time? And just asking myself those simple questions allows me to then kind of approach life again and say, whew, okay, I really need to have this conversation with my husband or, you know, handle this one thing going on in my business or go find another activity that will recharge me. Maybe go take a bath or take a walk instead of sitting here scrolling my phone because we want a life where we're in massive action, right? We're going after our goals and dreams. We feel like we can accomplish so much in a day, but we still need downtime. We still need that self-care or what I call do you time where you're spending time recharging your bucket. That's just a human need we all need. And some of us need it more than others. And I'm raising my hand on that one because I do. And so it's just very important. We're still having our quiet, reflective, recharging time. But for most of us, those distractions aren't even recharging us they're draining us. They may give us a hit of endorphins, but then after the fact, we have to kind of clean up the mess afterwards. I mean, think if you go on a shopping spree, you charge it on your credit card, you come back and then, oh my gosh, now all of a sudden you have this debt that you have to pay off. Or you go out with a guy that you know you shouldn't be dating. Then you kind of have to clean up the next day of, oh gosh, what choices did I make? You know, did I make choices that harm my health? Do I need to go handle that? Oh, now I have this guy texting me I really, really don't want, so on and so forth, right? If we're even over caretaking, it can cause issues with our kids and they can start to become really clingy with us. And then all of a sudden we have behavioral issues and it snowballs into a bigger problem. So distractions really aren't a great thing, my friends. And again, they're great in small doses when we intentionally want to do those things. But if we're not wanting to do them, they're not feeding into our soul. There's just no point in them. They're just a time suck. Um, energy suck. Uh, I can't say it enough. I feel like a broken record here. So hopefully you're getting the, the purpose here. Distractions are not a way to live at all. And yet so many people are living that way. 
they're just kind of robots going day by day of, well, this is as good as life is going to get. And it's just a lie. You can always make life better. And that doesn't mean that we always have to be improving ourselves. I do believe there are times in our life when we just need to slow down and enjoy the ride. But if you're trying to go after something, a new goal or dream or whatever you want to call it, and it's just not happening and you're getting frustrated and you feel like giving up, um, you start maybe criticizing yourself, putting yourself down. Maybe you start playing the victim card of, well, X, Y, Z is going on in my life and this is what's causing it. That's a telltale sign that it's time to do some personal development work of you're kind of just stuck in a pattern and we need to shake things up a little bit to get you to where you need to go. But I'm going to kind of circle back here of what I said earlier in this podcast of it kills me when people are giving up on their goals and dreams because they think, oh, it's this external stuff or maybe there's just something wrong with me or I don't have what it takes or whatever. It's like, no, 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 no. You just need some mindset help to kind of get you there. Maybe it's just some emotions we need to process and figuring out what distractions you have where we can find pockets of time. You know, there's a study out there that says that women, after they become mothers, they become so much more efficient with their time. And I have seen this happen two times in my life now, having my two kids. So now I'm managing a almost two-year-old and a nine-year-old, and my nine-year-old is heavily involved in things. My two-year-old requires a lot of my time and energy and focus when I'm with him. And so I'm always finding pockets of time of, oh, I have 15 minutes here. Let me write these emails, or I have five minutes here. Let me see what I can do here. I just feel like I get so much done in a day despite having a lot going on. And you can live that too, my friend. You don't have to wait to have kids even to feel that way. You can live a life where you're just constantly moving forward to your goals and dreams. You don't feel stuck anymore and getting rid of distractions and the deeper level there of getting rid of your emotions and kind of those bullet holes I mentioned or those limiting beliefs of things that are holding you back is your ticket to creating a massively productive and fulfilling life, my friend. So that's what I have for you today. Hopefully you have some takeaways from this and you have some new awareness about some distractions that you can cut in your own life. Remember, reach out to me if you feel called to take your life to a new level. This is a time when my emails start popping up and my phone starts ringing a little bit of people who are serious about getting their goals. They've, you know, tried almost, gosh, two, three months now to go after their goals and dreams and it's just not happening and they're contemplating giving up. And instead, I want to encourage you, do not give up. Reach out for help. And that help can be me. All right. So lindsayepreston.com forward slash assessment is the first step. All right, my friend, thanks for tuning in for yet another episode and I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Become an Unstoppable Woman. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you get new episodes every Monday. And I'd love it if you left a review for the show too, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. If you want even more from the show, come join the conversation online in my community. Each week we break down the episode and you have a private space to ask your questions. To join, go to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash community. And if you feel like you're really ready to change your life, let's work together in my coaching programs. I have a free assessment that's the first step to seeing if we're a good fit. Just go to lindsayepreston.com forward slash assessment to take it now. 
Thanks again for tuning into the show today. I'm so grateful you're here and I'll see you next time. But until we meet again, remember my friend, you're only as unstoppable as you believe you can be. So believe in yourself. You got this.